that was a really cool Danger 5 Season 2 trailer. Yeah, I'm so fucking jazzed, and I'm so sad that it's been delayed till whatever. Thanks, man. Obama. I'm so fucking disappointed. Yeah, uh, I like that uh, now there's a... The, uh, we didn't even mention last podcast that in Danger 5, the colonel is a bald <laughs> eagle man. Which I find it hilarious that he's a bald. The, he's the the leader of this organization is a bald eagle with a British accent. Yeah, because he, a bald eagle should have an American accent. You would think. And the thing, it, it never really establishes whether or not it's actually like a bald eagle head or if it's like a weird puppet thing that he wears. I don't know. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, like the the pilot episode has like fucking talking German shepherds. Yep, it's amazing. Uh, but Danger 5 Season 2, like you said, it's set in the 80s. Yep. Uh, it, 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 again, shot 80s style as well. The effects look like they're from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And did you notice that Pierre is completely recast as a black dude? Yep. But the original guy who played Pierre in the first season is in it too, playing Pierre. I don't know. You can see him in like two of the shots. Oh. Everyone's back, but they recast Pierre. I have no clue how they're going to explain it, but it's going to be batshit insane because that's Danger Five. Completely fine game, with it. man. Well, it's... I mean, something in the '80s, you would need a black guy in it. There you go. Compared to a '60s spy show, <laughs> you would probably be hard pressed to find a black person. That's true. In that, because times uh, were bad. Again, the show is genius. Check it out. It's on basic Hulu, man. Um, Danger Five. Danger Five. Uh, thanks for listening to this new episode of Airport Road, the podcast. Yeah. Still without Steven, still without Walt. Just Fuck those guys. We don't need them. Just Ben and Aaron sitting around. I think the last episode we did with just the two of us was the best episode of Airport Road ever. I agree with that statement. Yeah. No prep. Podcast gold. Yo. Period. On the number pad makes the WoW characters walk fast. Good to know for our podcast listeners. I think. Either that or it's the slash button. Apparently, uh, my pre-wife's rat was walking on her keyboard, and now her WoW character is walking instead of running. First world problems, baby. Yep. Did it fix it? Yes. Okay, there we go. It was the, the slash button. Ah, the slash button. Crisis averted. <laughs> Thanks, rat. Trying to sabotage. I hope she was in a battleground. And like the she plays alliance. I'm, I, I was I'm hoping that she was in a battleground and she's alliance and the rat is secretly horde and he's <laughs> trying to <laughs> sabotage her heels. <laughs> oh man, what are we doing this episode? Uh, good question. Uh, something Dungeons and Dragons related. Yeah, if you guys aren't sick of the Dungeons and Dragon Bears already, yep. this episode we decided that we are going to walk you through <coughs> rolling up a character in Fifth Edition. This is like a tutorial on how to uh, create a character yep. because. I was telling Aaron, I haven't rolled up a character since last time I played Dungeons & Dragons back in 2006, maybe? Yeah, I mean, we used pre-generated characters when we played uh, Dungeons & Dragon Bears. Right, but, um, uh, spoilers, for what, you know, I guess not really, a, a spo- well, I guess it is a spoiler, I have to roll a new character. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to roll a new character. Yeah, so something happened to our characters that I think say. Walt obviously... <coughs> Favor, uh, you know, was showing favoritism towards Steven. Yeah, his no and, showing up to the podcast buddy. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously the fact that we have to roll up new characters had nothing to do with the fact that Steven was smart enough to run away from stupidly overwhelming odds. You, no, you listen to that podcast. I think I played my character pretty well you put, in my final yeah. moments. You play, yeah. I, I had a, like a, 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 a run scream. Yeah. 
So hopefully we'll have that episode out before this one. We should probably make sure we schedule that right. But um, we're going to roll <coughs> up the character now. I've already created a new character. Um, I haven't done. I haven't rolled roll, physically rolled a character since second edition because third edition came out and there were uh, character generating uh, you know like tools and like a program yeah. to do that shit. So I haven't physically done this with paper and a pencil since second edition. Yeah, I advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I hadn't either. I rolled up a character for the kiddo. Uh, who you'll be hearing on episode four of Dungeons and Dragon Bears? Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be joining our crew since we really need a fourth person for <laughs> obvious reasons. Yes, but um, yeah, so we're going to be uh, doing that tonight. And there is a very cool app coming out called Dungeonscape that just hit beta. Um, I I'm on the beta list, but they just started sending out invites for the web version this week, and it's going to allow you to create your own characters, also access the player's handbook, the monster manual, the DM guide, and be able to eventually kind of set up encounters and, and plug your campaign into this system. Oh, that's cool. Be able to communicate with other players, be able to share um, uh, character sheets. It, it sounds very cool. It's uh, The website is dndungeonscape.com if you want to check it out. Uh, they have links there to the beta sign-up. It looks really cool, but we're going old school, man. We got some paper. I printed out some character sheets for you. And uh, we're going to rock this shit. Now, starting off, for those who aren't familiar with Dungeons & Dragons, there's really two big things that you choose when deciding what you're going to play. Uh, number one is the race of your character. Right. And this is uh, talking about human, elf, dwarf, <coughs> gnome, halfling, dragonborn, tiefling, dragon bear, dragonborn. Oh, um, but and uh, race is basically which uh, species you are. Mm-hmm. Um, the next part is class. Uh, class is um, your profession, what you do, and that is like in any MMO, your warrior, or your fighter, your mage, yeah. your th- rogue, your cleric. Um, Paladin, yeah, monk, uh, other specialty classes that yeah. branch off from there. And we'll go through them race-wise. In fifth edition, you've got dwarf, elf, halfling, human, dragonborn, gnome, half elf, half orc, and tiefling. Uh, What's a tiefling? A tiefling is a humanoid that has demonic blood in them. Ah, so they're not fully demon. They're not fully uh, human. Um, they're this weird thing. They look noticeably demonic, and a lot of people are going to be like, just stay the fuck away from me, don't mess. The big cities, they're cool people, you know. They can be any alignment, and that's the cool thing I like about They're like about. people with face tattoos. Yeah, in, they're in the weird. Of, day, yeah, yeah, they're just like people who have like horns installed, and they're like, you know, forehead and shit like that. People who do body mods and stuff Probably like a that. cool dude, however, yeah. you just, at first glance, you're like, that guy... But that they, fucking guy. Yeah, they do have, like, also, like, you know, in, inherent abilities because of their demonic blood. And they can be anything from good bad. The cool thing about I like about 5th edition is that class and, uh, like, alignment restrictions are pretty much out the window. Uh, any class can be, or any race can be any class they want. You you know, you, you can have a dwarf wizard if you want. Mm-hmm. You can have a gnome barbarian if you want. Whatever you want, it's cool. There's no restrictions on it. You don't have to have a, a lawful good paladin. Uh, Paladin is basically uh, in this edition is more about the oath that your character swears. It could be an oath of justice, mm-hmm. like a neut- you could have a neutral good or uh, sorry a lawful neutral 
paladin that's just obsessed with justice, whether, you know, or following the law. You could have an oath of vengeance, you know. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you could be, like, kind of a green paladin who's sworn to uphold uh, nature and defend the, the wild. That makes a paladin a lot easier to play. Yeah, of being it, like, it's... Oh, I'm righteous. Yeah, and uh, the DM guide is apparently going to have like a uh, a variant where you can be an oath breaker. What happens if your paladin decides to ignore his oath? Uh, so it's it's really cool. Um, those are all the races that you can pick from. Now classes. Again, this is your profession. Uh, they include barbarian, bard, cleric, druid, fighter, monk, paladin, ranger, rogue, sorcerer, warlock, and wizard. And once you hit level three in your class, you're going to be able to choose kind of a, a different subsect. Like, yeah, uh, like specialization. A, specialization, exactly, is the term that uh, you want to use. And for like, say, wizard, this would be the different schools of magic that you can focus on. For clerics, this could be um, the the domain uh, of your of your deity. Uh, for uh, say, druid, you could be uh, more of like a wild shape type druid or, or focus on other things. Um, for rogue, you could be a, a standard thief. You could be more of an assassin. You could be, or you could be kind of like a, a mage thief type character. Um, but <coughs> what we're going to do is we're going to start off by picking a race for Ben. Um, again, listed all the options. Each one has their advantages and disadvantages, uh, either in bonuses to their ability scores or special abilities such right. as dark vision which allows you to see in At the dark um, like halflings have like a natural luck that allows them to re-roll ones and shit like that uh, so out of the choices that we have Ben what are you leaning well, it's, towards it's, 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 it's a toss up between human which is easy to play because mm-hmm. I am one and elf because I get stat I get what I'm thinking about shooting for my class for my, my class uh, would require elf uh, elf bonuses. However, I don't want to be a stuck-up elf. Now, the thing to consider with 5th edition is that every four levels or so, you have an ability to level up your ability score or choose a feat. Hmm. Um, so what you start off with, it's not like 2nd edition or 3rd edition where, where you're kind of stuck with the scores that you start off with. And this is kind of reflected in the game. Like, uh, a fighter, you know, starting off at level 1, as he grows and progresses and gets he more gets experience, more muscles, he's going to get more muscles. A wizard might be able to improve his intelligence, you know. Uh, a bard might be able to become more charismatic, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So you can max, you can boost your stats up to 20. Is the max okay? And um, so, play what you want to play. Okay. Don't you think that okay? I've got to min max this shit, you know, to be able to get the the best stats out the gate. Well, that that being the case, then I'm going to be a human. Okay. Because human is sim- It's it's simple, but there's room to do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going with human, and again, human can be kind of. Anything you can, it, when we use race in, in normal context, we're talking about like black, white, Asian, you know, so on and so forth. In this case, human is just any human being. Um, they're kind of good. They have, uh, they get bonuses, a plus one bonus to every single one of their ability scores. So that will give you a slight boost. And just to uh, explain <coughs> what ability scores are. 
Um, they're basically the attributes that define how well you do at certain things. Just you like have, any MMO, honestly. Yeah, and you have the, the standard six, which are strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Strength is your physical strength, of course. Dexterity is your nimbleness, your grace. Uh, constitution is your overall health. Intelligence is your... Intelligence. Intelligence, your memory re- recall and able to, ability to figure out things. Wisdom is your wisdom, your awareness, your kind of Street connection. Um, and charisma is your confidence, your uh, attractiveness to other people, not necessarily physical attractiveness, but your ability to kind of lead and to persuade and to kind of... Win over the public. Win over people. Yeah. Um, socially. <coughs> so we've got those six ability scores. And again, you can go any way you want with those ability scores. But if you're going for a certain class, you know, you're going to want to max things out. Fighter's going to want to have strength. Mm-hmm. A thief is going to have want to have dexterity. A wizard's going to want to have intelligence. A cleric's going to want to have wisdom. Bard's going to want to have charisma. Mm-hmm. So on and so forth. Um so what we've got, we've got a human, so you're going to have a plus one to all of your ability scores. Now, we are going with the, the standard set. There's different ways to determine these ability scores. Mm-hmm. Um, the classic way is to roll three D6s. Yeah. And that way you can have anywhere from three to 18. But because that can go really bad or really good, there's different things you can do. You might roll four D6 and subtract one die or you might roll two sets uh, of like or like twelve ability scores and pick the best you know your favorite six whatever. Um, we're gonna go straight up with uh, the standard uh, scores which are recommended in players handbook. There is a thing called point buy which you've got so many points you use those points to buy high or low experience yeah. points and that way it gives everyone an even playing field when starting out. So you don't have the one dude who has three eighteens and one yeah. person that's got a bunch of tens. Yeah. Uh, it, it it just levels the playing field, and since we're, our characters are, we want them to be adventurally compatible. Uh, we want to be able to take them to cons and be able to run encounters and shit like that. If that's, we survive, if we survive, that's the way to go. So the standard ability scores we're going to go with for you are fifteen, a fourteen, a thirteen, a twelve, a ten, and an eight. Right. Um, that's going to give you a couple bonuses um, and one negative. But since you're human, of course, that's going to add one to that, so you're going to have a 16, a 15, a 14, a 13, an 11, and a 9. Right. Now, what do you want to do as far as your class? I'm thinking I'm thinking monk, because mm-hmm. I've never played a monk. I've played a mage before, I've played a fighter before, mm-hmm. uh, and I've played a cleric and a paladin. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to go with monk, because that sounds new and exciting, because I can roll around and tumble. Yeah, well, it's not new. I mean, they had Monk as New to me. Yeah, new to you. Um, They've had Monk around since, God, at least second edition. It wasn't part of, like, the basic, Mm -hmm. um, the standard player's handbook thing, but it it was, like, in a, uh, one of the proficiency, uh, like, the splat books that they came out with. And I I know that they did add Monk as a class uh, in later editions. I'm not sure if it started with 3 or 3.5 or what. Well, let me read you the, the flavor text about Monk from the Player's Handbook. Uh, her fists a blur as they deflect an oncoming hail of arrows. A half-elf springs over a barricade and throws herself into the masked ranks of hobgoblins on the other side. 
She whirls among them, knocking their blows aside and sending them reeling until at last she stands alone. Taking a deep breath, a human covered in tattoos settles into a battle stance. As the first charging orcs reach him, he exhales and a blast of fire roars from his mouth, engulfing his foes. Yoga fire. Yeah. Moving with the silence of the night, a black cat half a black clad halfling steps into a shadow beneath an arch and emerges from another inky shadow on a balcony a stone's throw away. She slides her blade free of its cloth wrapped scabbard and peers through the open window at the tyrant prince, so vulnerable in the grip of sleep. Whatever their discipline, monks are united in their ability to magically harness the energy that flows in their bodies. Whether channeled as a striking display of combat prowess or a subtler focus of defensive ability and speed, this energy infuses all that a monk does. Now, this energy is called Ki, K-I. Like Goku. She, yeah, exactly. I, it's basically mystical energy that your body can focus and use to do cool shit. Whether this is badass martial arts prowess or mystical abilities commanding the elements. The little flavor blurbs that um, I mentioned at the beginning from the player's handbook, those are the three kind of paths that you can take. Those are your three specializations. Uh, Now, you choose that at third level, so we're not going to decide that today. But the three paths are monastic traditions are way of the open hand, way of the shadow, (coughs) or the way of the four elements. Now, open hand is basically kind of like a badass warrior Lee, monk. Um, they have the ability to um, be able to do things like kind of um, push enemies, like knock them back, knock them prone. Eventually, when you get higher level, you can do like a thing where you do a uh, like kind of a stun attack where you create a vibration in the body, and then like at any time you can use an action and cause them like a massive amount of damage, kind of like a nerve attack. Then you fist of the North a Star. Five finger death pump punch. Yeah, right. you like fist of the North Star. They're like, and their head explodes or something oh, that's like cool. that. Um, now that's the the way of the open hand. It's it's very kind of combat focused. The way of the shadow. You're a ninja. Ah, you know, you you get like cool things like you can teleport through shadows and shit like that. And uh, the the way of the four elements. Basically, you're an air, earth, water, fire bender. From you know, like Avatar, <laughs> basically you can you're a, a, a badass fighter, but you also can command the elements. Again, that we're not worrying about until level three. Right, you can think about that whatever you want to do. Now your key uh, starting at level two, that's where you are able to start harnessing your key and using it to fuel different abilities. Um, when you start off, you get to to shoot. You can spend so many of these points that you get back after like a short or a long rest. Rest. Uh, flurry of blows, which allows you to spend a key point, and you can make two unarmed strikes as a bonus action. Um, patient defense, you can use to take a dog a-, a dodge action as your turn, so you can you know avoid shit. Uh, step of the wind, you can spend a, a key point to take disengage or dash as a bonus action, and double your dis uh, uh, your distance or your jump distance for a turn. So, um, I mean, as you level up, there's cool abilities that you get as a monk. Starting at first level, um, you, you're kind of a master of different uh, combat styles. Now, for people who haven't figured out yet, monk, we're not talking about, like, you know, the, uh, the people who fucking write, like, illuminated manuscripts yeah. and copy the Bible. We're talking shit. like... We're talking like a badass Shaolin monk, you know. Um... Now, at level one, um, you're a martial artist. You're going to be able to use different either monk weapons or unarmed strikes. Mm-hmm. 
And unlike most classes, unarmed strikes kind of start off low, and you're really, if you punch an, uh, you know, an ogre, it's only going to do so much damage. You know, you're going to want to use swords. But as monks level up, their unarmed strikes get more and more powerful. You start off as 1d4 as the damage that you do, but once you hit 5th level, it goes up to 1d6. Once you hit 11th, it goes up to 1d8. Uh, once you hit 17th, it goes up to 1d10. So eventually, I mean, you're doing the damage that, like, good sword uh, can do. Um, you also, as you level up, you get more key points. Um, if you're unarmored, you uh, get, like, bonuses to your movement. You'll be able to move more quicker in one turn. And also, you're, uh, you're, you get more and more monk abilities to use. Um, again, at, uh, you do uh, get unarmored defense, so you don't have to worry about armor so much. Uh, instead of, you know, having to worry about wearing chainmail and shit like that, if you're not wearing armor, your AC is going to be 10 plus your dexterity mo- modifier plus your wisdom modifier. Oh, that's cool. So At level 1? At level 1. Oh, so that's that starts shit. off, so if, say, you've got uh, your dexterity and your wisdom pumped up high, then you can get a pretty healthy AC bonus starting off at level 1. Now, how do you want to assign your ability scores? Um, I'll, I'll let you know that the the most important ability score for a monk is going to be dexterity. Um, second to wisdom. Second is wisdom. Okay. <coughs> well, I already figured that out, so if we need to write that on my character sheet, we can do that now. Okay. Well, um, go ahead. Uh, list uh, one by one what your ability scores are, starting with strength. Strength, 10. I picked a 10 for that. Okay. Uh, constitution, I picked 13. Uh, dexterity, I gave the highest one my 15. Mm-hmm. Intelligence, I gave it a 12. Mm-hmm. Wisdom, I gave my second highest 14. And charisma, 8. Okay, and keep in mind, because you're human, that's a plus one to every single one of mm-hmm. those ability scores. Now, the way ability scores work, the higher they are or the lower they are, that's going to give you modifiers to skills based on that ability score. Right. If you're trying to do something <coughs> like force a door open, higher strength is going to give you a bonus. The middle ground is about 10 to 11. That's going to give you no bonus, no penalty. Once you get down to 8, 9, you start getting a negative modifier. Um, But the higher you go, the higher your modifier goes. For example, if you have like a 16, 17, you're going to get a plus 3. So every two ability, uh, every two like points you have in an ability score, you get uh, an additional plus 1 or so to your modifier. And... Now, for monks, normally a character, um, their attack, if they're physically attacking someone, it's going to be based on strength. But there's a few exceptions to that, and this gives uh, characters that are more dexterity-focused a bonus. If you have a finesse weapon, that's something that's kind of light, like a dagger, a dirk, or even a a short sword, a rapier. Um, you can um, that more relies on speed rather than pure you know hacking away at, at, at an orc. So you can use your dexterity modifier instead of your strength. You don't have to be a physical like powerhouse to be able to do some good damage. Right. Um, now monks can use their dexterity bonus to pretty much um, all of their attacks. You can go unarmed, but you also can use. Um, 
simple weapons as well as short swords. Like short swords, daggers, bow staff. Bow staff, spears, javelins, things like that. Those are those are all things that fall under simple weapons. Now, if, uh, once you get up to things like kind of like long swords and shit like that, then you're talking about different stuff. Uh, yeah, simple melee weapons include club, dagger, great club, hand axe, javelin, light hammer, mace, quarterstaff, sickle, spear, unarmed strike. Now, um, you have proficiency in any of those simple weapons plus short swords as well. Mm-hmm. Do you have, a, like, a, for your character, do you have an idea, like, how, how do you want to fight? Are you going to use a weapon or are you just going to go in, like, with punches and kicks? Probably both. Probably a bit of both. Do you have, What's the uh, damage on a bow staff? Uh, well, a bow staff, a quarter staff, it can be 1d6 bludgeoning. Um, you can also use it two-handed as 1d8. Um, however, I'm not sure if you can use your dex bonus if you use it two-handed. But so, I can with the short sword. Yeah, with the short sword, yep, that is 1d6 as well. Alright, well then I'll um, probably go with short sword and then um, and just my fisticuffs. Yeah. For a starter. Now, again, starting off at level one, your um, your unarmed strikes are going to be one d four. So you're talking about short sword. Yeah, probably. Okay. Now, keep in mind that you can keep this themed. You know, if if your concept is more of like a traditional like uh, martial arts like Oriental Shaolin monk Shaolin style monk, then you don't a short sword doesn't have to be like a standard fantasy short sword. It can be more of like a martial arts weapon short sword. Yeah. Um, I was picturing the curved kind of monkey. Like mon- not monkey, but the curved sword like Jackie Chan would have used in one of his Shaolin monk kind of movies. Yeah, the floppy sword. Floppy sword. Yeah, yeah. Whatever uh, that thing's called. Yeah, a short sword is kind of anything from like I, I want to say like fifteen to twenty four inches. Mm-hmm. Um, I- any kind of sword like that. So it can be a thin floppy. You know, whatever you want to do. Uh, you just use the basic stats, figure out what's close, and we'll let Walt determine that since he's going to be DMing us. Um, now the again you're going to get a bonus to your unarmed defense. Now you you gave out your dexterity mm-hmm. is fifteen plus one. Fifteen plus one, so that's sixteen. Um, if you want to go ahead and write down uh, next to that, you're going to have a plus three I lost bonus. My pencil. <laughs> Where did the pencil go? Did the dog eat it? No, it was a mechanical one. Hmm. Oh well. Right. Well. I have a pen. That'll work for now. Okay, yeah, we'll write this down. You can fill it in later on. Um, Alright, so. Right, so for your 16, you've got a plus 3. Yay. That's your dexterity modifier. Again, that's your agility, your nimbleness, so on and so forth. For, uh, what's your next highest? Uh, wisdom. Wisdom. What's that? What's your plus 1? 15. 15, that's going to be a plus 2. Okay. Next highest? Um, my constitution. 13, or 14. 14 is going to be a plus 2. Now, your constitution is good for pretty much any class because that gives you a bonus to your hit points mm-hmm. as well. Next after that would be intelligence plus one, uh, is 13. 13 is a plus 1. Okay. And then strength plus 1, so that would be 11. That's going to be a 0 modifier. You don't get any bonuses, you don't get any penalties. My charisma would be a 9. Charisma is nine. That is going to be a negative one. So your social interactions are going to be a little. Well, I'm going to work that into my character because I was raised in a monastery that uh, behind the times. <laughs> you're behind the times. You're not familiar with. I the took outside a vow of silence for quite a t- quite a while. <laughs> now uh, and now I'm just kind of excited that I can t- finally talk. 
an easy shortcut to be able to figure out what your modifiers are if you don't have them written down on your character sheet is you subtract 10 from your ability score mm-hmm. and then divide by half rounding down. So say you had a 16, yeah. subtract 10, yeah, six. divide by 2. Three. Plus 3. That's your modifier. Say you had a 15. That'd be 5 divided by 2 would be 2.5, so 2. 2.5 round down, so you got a plus 2. That's an easy way to figure it out. Um, it, it's very logical. It all makes sense. It's cool. I like it. Now, um, going on, we'll look at some of your abilities that you'll get later on. As a monk, again, um, you'll be able to get bonuses to your speed. You'll be able to use your key points to do uh, extra cool shit. Starting at third level, you can actually deflect missiles. Someone shooting arrows at you. You can either knock them aside, or if you roll really damn good, you can actually catch them and then be able to throw them back oh, that's cool. at the person or at another person. Um, again, every four levels, you are able to get an ability score improvement or a feat. We're not going to worry about that till we're level four. Right. Um, but at fourth level, you can slow fall, which means you can reduce any falling damage you take by an amount equal to five times your monk level. So at level four, when you first get that, you'll be able to reduce tw- uh, 20 off any falling damage. Oh, so you basically nice. can kind of like, you know, like uh, Chow Young Fat slow fall your, your way down, <laughs> hop off like bamboo stalks and shit and not take damage. Now, um, going back to an ability that you get at level one, um, your martial arts allows you to use your dexterity instead of strength for attack and damage rolls of your unarmed strikes and your monk weapons. So dex will work instead. Mm-hmm. And again, you've got a plus three, so you're looking good there. Um, you can also uh, you roll a 1d4 in place of uh, normal damage of your unarmed strike or monk weapon. Mm-hmm. This is your choice. You can go either way. Um, you um, Your short sword does 1d6, so if you're attacking with your short sword, you're probably going to stick with that 1d6. Yeah. But it could be... Um, as you level up, and eventually, say, you go, like, you need to start getting, like, 1d8, 1d10 uh, at the higher levels, you can use that in place of your short sword at, uh, damage. What about fist weapons? Uh, you can use fist weapons if you want, but you can choose, depending if, you, if whichever is <coughs> higher, your um, martial arts bo- uh, 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 damage die or the damage of the weapon. Either or. It's your choice. You can pick it every single time you attack. If you well, want. at level one, can I use a fist weapon, or is that not considered a basic weapon? Uh, you know, I don't know if there's any info on fist weapons. Are you talking like kind of like brass knucks, or like wrapping your hands in like fucking rags and dipping them in like broken glass, or like punching Rambo daggers? Three. Punching daggers. Um, we'll let the DM make a call on that. Then again, a dagger is what one d four anyway. I think it's like a 1d4, so I mean... So it's, it's the same as using my fists. Pretty much. But again, once you, the more you level up, once you hit like level 5, you'll be able to do more damage. So it, 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 you can choose either or which way you go. Uh, you also get the ability of when you use an attack action with an arm strike or a monk weapon, which again can be your short sword, um, you can, as a bonus action, make one unarmed strike. Oh, so I can like... Yeah. So you basically, Slash punch. Yeah, you can choose to take a bonus action after you make an attack. You can either hit him twice, like punch, then roundhouse kick, or stab him with your sword and then like backhand him, or like, you know, whatever. You get a, an extra <coughs> attack, essentially. And a movement? 
Uh, well, movement. Like, would that take up my full action? No, a bonus action. You've got your action, which is like one uh, uh, in a round. You get one action, which can be an attack, or it can be a spell. But you also can move, starting off up to thirty feet. As you get higher up, you'll get bonuses to that. Starting at level two, you get an extra ten feet. So you can attack, move, and then like do a, an unarmed strike on another character a couple feet away if you want. Oh, cool. So you, you can bounce around, and that's one of the bonuses about monks is they're able to move fast and, and can fly over the battlefield. Would, would, I, would I, every time I disengage, though, if I attack an orc and then try to run to go attack the other orc, I'd get an attack of opportunity, though. Yes, but if uh, starting at level two, you get that step of the wind ability... You can spend one key point to take the disengage or dash action as a bonus action. Mm. Uh, so you can essentially attack, then decide to spend that key point and disengage with them and get out of there without provoking an opportunity attack. And you get one bonus action per turn. You can't stack multiple bonus actions. So you couldn't attack, use your bonus action on arm strike, and then take that step of the win. Right. One or the other. But yeah, I mean, and that gives you more flexibility on the battlefield if you decide to like jump in and then fuck off and get out of there because there's too many damn people. Uh, going on, looking at some of the stuff you get later on, once you get uh, fifth level, you can actually attack twice instead of once as your attack action, plus the extra bonus atta- uh, on our Oh, strike. so like three attacks. Yep, three attacks. Um, let's see. Also, you get that stunning. Uh, you get a stunning strike at fifth level where you can interflow, uh, interfere with the flow of key in an opponent's body. So um, if you strike them with a melee weapon attack and spend a key point, you can uh, stun. Uh, they have to make a Constitution saving throw or be stunned until the end of your next turn. Ah. So you can like basically like knock them for a loop and they wouldn't be able to do shit. Uh, starting at sixth level, you can your unarmed strikes will count as magical. Oh, um, because you're able to like focus your key into your attack, so that way you can punch the fuck out of a ghost and do more. Oh, <laughs> you know, like uh, uh, any um, uh, any like resistance or immunity that a, a, a monster might have to non magical weapons, your fists will count as magical weapons starting at level six. Uh, starting at seven, you have like an instinctive agility, agility that lets you dodge out of the way. So if someone like uh, like a dragon shooting like a cone of fire at you. Um, that normally would have you make a dexterity uh, save to take only half damage. You can, uh, instead of half damage, you get no damage. And even if you fail, you get only half damage instead of the full. Starting at level 7, you also get Stillness of Mind, which allows you to use an action to end, like, either a charm or frightened effect on you. Um, At 10th level, you become immune to disease and poison. Thirteenth level, you can like touch the key of other minds. You can understand all spoken languages and talk with anything that can understand the language, even if you, you don't speak it. Um, at thirteenth, uh, I'm sorry, at fourteenth level, you get a proficiency in all saving throws. And if you make a saving throw and fail, you can actually spend a key point to re-roll and take the second result. At fifteen, you <coughs> actually suffer none of the fr- uh, fertility of old age. And you can't be aged magically. You'd still die of old age, but you're like talking like pie, uh, like uh, fucking pie may, like you know, being like ninety and being able to whoop like Beatrix kiddos ass, yeah. you know, and like flip around and shit like that. Uh, at eighteen, you can like become at eighteenth level, you can become invisible for a minute by spending key points or astrally project. At twentieth level, which is the level cap. 
whenever you roll for initiative, if you've burned all your key points, you regrain key, uh, four key points. Oh, that's cool. So you can like just spend that shit, you know, constantly. And anytime you get a new encounter or you have to roll initiative, uh, you know, you uh, you. That's going to take some time to get to level twenty. Yeah, who knows if we'll reach level twenty? I mean, that's just who the fuck knows. <laughs> Whoa, dogstorm. <laughs> All right. Again, we have those monistic, um, monastic traditions that we have. Each one of those gives you cool things. The way of the open hand, your open hand technique. Um, you can use uh, fl- uh, if you use like flurry of blows, which allows you to take that extra um, two unarmed strikes as a bonus action. You can either knock them prone, um, or um, you can push them fifteen uh, feet away of you. Or you can force them not to take reactions until the end of your turn, so they wouldn't be able to do like opportunity attacks and things like that. I'm gonna have to print all that out. Keep oh, that with yeah. me. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- again, we won't remember this. This is we're talking about like way in the future. Um, you also have like wholeness of body. You can heal yourself, uh, regain hit points up to three times your monk level. Um, you have that quivering palm thing, which is where you like you know. Five point thing set up vibrations. You can I can't wait for that. Yeah, that's at 17th level, so you got to you got to wait. But yeah, you can like kind of set up this vibration. It will last for a number of days equal to your monk level, so you can last for up to 17 days. And then at any point, you can like just tap someone like you know in the chest and just say you're going to die in five days. Oh, and then they go on their business, they walk away, and then five days from now, you can take an action to decide to like stop that vibration, and they'll take like either get. Knocked unconscious if they fail their constitution saving throw, or take even if it succeeds, it can take ten d ten necrotic damage. So you'll fuck them up no matter what. Um, now you have way of the shadow again. These are ninjas. Um, you can uh, use shadow arts to use key to duplicate effects of like darkness spells, dark vision, pass without trace, silence without uh, basically kind of cast spells. Um, shadow step at sixth level allows you to like teleport between shadows. By eleventh level, you can uh, actually become invisible in areas of dim light or darkness. Um, and at seventeenth, you can actually any time a creature within five feet of you is hit by an attack made by a creature other than you, you can use your reaction to make a melee attack against that creature. Oh, that's cool. so you basically when they're distracted, you make an opportunity attack within five feet. Quick. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of cool. Then you have the way of the four elements. Again, these are uh, allow you to kind of cast elemental uh, spells. Um, you've got like again, wind, water, fire, earth. There's just it's air bending. You know, if you've watched Avatar, you've got it. So that's basically like the gist. Right now, I'm planning on being a Fist of Fury kind of monk. Cool. So you're talking about like Way of the Open Hand. Bruce Lee kind of. Yeah. Right on. Now, um, you're going to get uh, 1d8 for your hit die. That determines how many hit points you are. Plus, you've got a what? Plus 2 to your constitution? Mm hmm. Right on. So your plus two is uh, going to start you off. You're going to start off with ten hit points. Not bad. Not bad. Um, your dexterity and your wisdom, that's a plus three and a plus two, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So you're going to have ten plus your wisdom uh, bonus plus your dexterity bonus. So your AC, if you're unarmored, is going to be 15, Okay. starting at level one. And what kind of armor can they uh Well, you're a wear? monk. You don't wear armor. Oh, why do you need armor, man? Yeah, that's You're true. that fucking badass. 
I mean, you, I mean, you can kick ass with the, without even using weapons if you want to. So again, monk, you're thinking about like you know, again, Shaolin type dude, just wearing like the robe or yeah. you know the gi or whatever that they wear. You don't worry about armor because that's going to slow your ass down. Just go fucking unarmored, man. Rock some shit. You, I mean, you're that badass that you have that unarmored defense, so that's part of your character <coughs> build anyway. All right, so what we're going to do is we've got our race. You're a human. We've got your class. You're a monk. Uh, next, we're going to kind of focus on your background. Background is basically where your character com- comes from, uh, how they grew up. Uh, you know that it, it's their origin story, essentially. And each each background kind of gives you bonuses and allows you to uh, have. Um, you know, certain, like, bonuses to your starting, certain abilities, maybe proficiencies that aren't part of your class. Right. Um, going to profic- uh, to skills, actually, is uh, what uh, uh, I wanted to focus on next. Your skills um, include different abilities that you can use based on your attributes, your ability scores. Things like acrobatics, if you want to, like, say, do backflip to avoid, you know, Obviously, to avoid damage I want to do backflips like that. constantly. That's going to be based on your dexterity skill. Um, if you wanted to be able to recall information about arcana, like magical information or history, uh, then that would be an intelligence role. Um, if you want to have bonuses to your perception, so you're more aware of, like, traps or hidden objects... Uh, secret doors that would be based on your wisdom, and so on and so forth. There's uh, various different uh, ones you can choose from. Starting off, you can choose two skills from either acrobatics, athletics, history, insight, religion, and stealth. Well, acro- well acrobatics. Because mm-hmm. what's a monk without acrobatics? Hell yeah. Um, and the other one would be what was the one for detecting traps and secret shit? Well, that would be perception or investigation. You could kind of go either way. And what is stealth? Just kind of like stealth is the ability to sneak. Like you think of a rogue sneaking around. That's probably helpful too. Okay. So you want to go? Uh, you get two. You want to go with acrobatics and stealth? Um. Yes. Okay. Fuck yeah. Alrighty, so we're going to go... One of the things that they focused on in 5th edition is kind of more uh, motivation to roleplay, to have, like, your character fleshed out. So it's not just, like, I do... I am monk. I I do X amount of damage, you know. They want you to figure out where did your character come from, what's their background. Mm -hmm. But also, you have personality traits, um... These personality traits include ideals, bonds, and flaws. Uh, ideal is like something that drives your character, uh, the things that you believe in the most strongly. And this probably is going to be tied to your, you know, monk background. Like, mm-hmm. think about the monastery that you grew up in. What do they focus on? You know, was it is it pure like combat? Is it um, why <coughs> do they train? What do they study? You know, are, are they like trying to you know just 
become like this perfect being, like achieve like this uh, enlightenment through like physical perfection, um, that sort of thing. Um, but w- what's your goals and ambition? What do you? Why did you become a monk? Why did you decide to become an adventurer? I have no fucking idea. Well, that's what we're figuring out. Okay. Um, you've also got a bond. What a bond is is kind of a, a your character's connection to either people, places, events in the world. Um, they're going to tie you to things from your background. You might have like a uh, like your master uh, 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 back at the monastery who trained you since birth. Uh, it could be a family member, like a little sister or something like that that you care about like almost more than anything else in the world. Mm-hmm. These are essentially good role adventure hooks. Um, so you want to think of something that you're connected to um, that's important to you uh, in the world. And mm-hmm. what do you care about the most? What are you... Well, if I'm a monk... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this, this is the hard part. <laughs> um, hmm. Well... I'm a monk at a monastery, and we're focusing on monk stuff. So, if we were to focus, if my monastery was to say focus on training one's body to be badass, mm-hmm. that would achieve something, right? Like, say, it's like your your goal is to like purify your spirit by achieving physical. Pers- Perfection. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I like okay. that. Yeah, we'll, we'll write that down. Well, th- I, I think that might be like—is that like your ideal? Is that what you strive for? Is for physical perfection? Like you became an adventurer to to go out and to to, to hone your body into this like badass fucking weapon to, to achieve nirvana or whatever the the perfect physical state or whatever. Yeah, but then well, then that wouldn't give me much reason to adventure with. With well, say a group, other than to but be think like, about that, like your adventuring is going out to see the world, but also to like experience things. Like say that you you think you've hit a point where you can't learn more from your monastery mm-hmm. that your or your your sensei or your master decides like, all right, now you know you must go and travel the world like King from Kung Fu, mm-hmm. and and you know experience the world and better yourself and you know and so on and so forth. Now, the third thing that we have, mm-hmm. you've got ideals, again, what drives your character, bond, something that your character is connected to. Flaw is some kind of weakness, phobia, uh, a vice. Uh, and again, you might take a look at, like, you know, you've got a low charisma, for example. Right. A flaw could be that you just are very spiky with people, you don't get along with them, it, you don't deal with people well. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Because I lived in a fucking monastery. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, going back, we have alignment we mentioned earlier in the game. Alignment is basically how your character views the world mm-hmm. um, in both the areas of ethics and morality. Uh, you've got the axis of flaw and chaos and good and evil. And you can be anywhere from lawful, neutral, chaotic... That determines like how you view the world. A lawful person would um, be steeped in traditions, uphold the rules, uphold the laws of yeah. the realm. Um, because you're a monk, I would probably strongly recommend going that. Most monks are going to be lawful because they grew up in this rigid, you know, structured um, society. Society uh, training you know, their whole lives. If you're a chaotic monk, that don't make no fucking sense. No, you're right. You 
could go that way if you decided to come up with like. What's a the difference reasonable. between lawful good and lawful neutral? Well, good, uh, good and evil are more of your morality. Um, a lawful neutral, like a good character, would always try to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. A lawful uh, good would follow the laws and always help those that are less need fortunate help. and that need help. A lawful neutral would work within the boundaries of the law, mm-hmm. but up to trying to. Really obtain balance in neither good nor bad. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, it's neither good nor nor evil are really what's important to them. Lawful neutral is actually a very common um, alignment for monks because they're not. I mean, they don't go out of their way to always help, but they also don't cause evil. It's more about uh, their law, their tradition, their personal code, achieving physical perfection through the martial arts and achieving spiritual uh, enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really, it's I'm I'm out from, uh, yeah, I, within the boundaries of the law. I'm, that's my main goal. Is I'm mm-hmm. trying to achieve that. You know, not necessarily doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it doesn't mean that you won't help someone in need. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you won't necessarily fuck someone over. Right. You know, but I mean, and again, it's it's more about you, you're following your traditions. You're not really going either way. Right. Do you, do you think you want to go in the lawful neutral? I'm thinking that's a good idea. I think that would work well for you, Mom. Um, now, let's go to backgrounds. And again, we've got our ideals, we've got our bonds, we've got our flaws. We can flesh those out later on, right. off the podcast. Um, you, one of the, the reason that those are important to know and important to roleplay is because you have inspiration. And anyone who listened to Dungeons & Dragons Bears knows that Steven got an inspiration die mm-hmm. in, in episode 3. For playing his character the smart way, the way that his character would play. Um, now, inspiration, if you get that, the DM decides that, you know what? You did good. You did good. You role-played well. And not necessarily the mechanically the smart thing to do or whatever, but you did something that, what your character... You weren't playing do. meta. And that, yeah, and, and that could be like something like if your character has a phobia or a flaw, like say they're like... They, they're extremely greedy or they're scared of spiders. If they see a giant spider and the rest of the party goes to attack it and your character runs the fuck out of there, that's role-playing your character. Right. Even if it's a flaw. So that would be something you get inspiration for. And basically the DM gives you an extra D20 and on any future roll you can um, turn in that D20 to gain advantage on the roll, which means you roll two D20s instead of one and you take the higher. Oh, that's nice. And that's the opposite of disadvantage, which... You may get if, say, for example, you're trying to, um, like, you're knocked on your back and you're trying to attack someone from the ground, you might have a disadvantage. Or if it's dark, you can't quite see well, um, you might have a disadvantage on your roll. And that would be you roll two and you take the lower of the two results. (coughs) Anyone who's listened to the the Dungeon Dragon Bear probably already knows about that. Right. So let's talk about your background. This is your story's beginning. This is where your character started from. Um, going through, I'll list them out. Uh, Acolyte, this is someone who's spent their life in the service of a temple to the uh, to a specific god. Good for, like, say, a cleric, maybe. Right. Not just, I mean... Does your... Do you think your, mo- like, monastery followed, like, a specific deity... Or do you think it's more of just like this, like tradition, this ancient tradition that's been handled, handed down? Like you know the, uh, how how do you see your character? I'm thinking, um, um, uh, I like the concept of a, uh, yeah, like a, 
yeah, it's it's a it's basically a school built on the martial arts okay. of, of of that whole ancient fist of fury passed down thing. Though a big floating head named Zordon <laughs> could add a lot to that too, because if we did uh, worship some sort of a deity who is a large floating head, similar to a large floating head who specifically sought out troubled teenagers with attitude <laughs> and brought them in to show them the right way, that could cause for some role playing. Yeah, we we were talking about this earlier. I, I, at one point, I was we were talking about rolling up the character in in the Google Hangout that we are in. And it, when I mentioned Ranger, you had misread that as Power as Ranger. Power Ranger. And then we started talking about how you could play a Power Ranger. Yep. So this is pretty much why I, I knew that you were going Monk at the beginning because we came up with the idea of playing your character as sort of a Power Ranger in D anD. d so this should be interesting. But I'll go back to the backgrounds and I'll list out the other ones that we have. We have Charlatan. This is kind of like a con artist, you know. Uh, you have Criminal, someone who grew up in the, the history of, you know, being a ne'er-do-well lawbreaker. Entertainer, you know, you're someone who performs in front of right. the audience. And, and, of course, a lot of these make sense. Criminal would make sense for a rogue. Entertainer would make sense for a bard. A folk hero, kind of like the the hero of uh, a of, hero of Canton of Canton, the man they call Jane. Uh, you're like the badass, you know, the the golden boy from your village that's going out to adventure. Uh, guild artisan, you're basically skilled in a particular craft. Either it could be carpentry, it could be weaponsmithing, right? And so on and so forth. Um, you have hermit. You lived in seclusion, either in a sheltered community such as a monastery. Uh, we probably want to come back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, noble, you grew up as a member of like a privileged family. You have connections, you network. You probably have a lot of money. Uh, you have Outlander. You grew up in the wilds, far away from civilization. Say, like you know, a ranger or a druid would work for that. Sage is someone basically who's spent years learning about the you know the history, the lore of the multiverse. You know. Guy who's familiar with librarians right. and shit like that. Uh, you have a sailor, someone you know. You right. were on a sail a, a vessel for years. That could be just a regular sailor or even a pirate. Uh, you have soldier, as what it's what it Sounds is on the tin. You know, you you were a soldier before you became an adventurer. Uh, urchin, you're someone who grew up on the streets. You know, all alone, had, trying to survive. Those are all the backgrounds. Let's go back to Hermit, because mm-hmm. I think that's the one that probably has the most uh, potential here. Uh, Hermit, reading the flavor text from the player's handbook, you lived in seclusion either in a sheltered community such as a monastery or entirely in alone for a formative part of your life. Life, In your time apart from the clamor of society, you found quiet, solitude, and perhaps some of the answers you were looking for. So I think this will... I'm not going to yeah. force you into it. That sounds like it makes sense. Okay, I, yeah, I'm just... My reasons for becoming uh, part of the monastery could still fit in yeah. whether, whatever route I go. Yeah. But, I mean, again, you trained for years in this, like, insular community, um, you know, perfecting your martial arts badass, badassery. Uh, you, as a hermit, because you choose this background, you get some bonuses to your skill proficiencies, your tool proficiencies, languages, and also some... Equipment. Now, um, you get bonuses. You get proficiency in both medicine and religion. Okay. Um, medicine is useful if you say someone's knocked unconscious and they're having to do like death saving rolls. Mm-hmm. 
if you have medicine proficiency, um, you can be able to try to stabilize them. What was that medicine and what? Medicine and religion. Okay. And that's right underneath your uh, acrobatics and your... Stealth. Stealth, yeah. Uh, you also have proficiency with an herbalism kit. This is like if you, you're familiar with like various herbs, like, you know, Sam, do you know the athelus plant? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd be able to like, you know, use healing herbs to cure disease, to cure poison, or to, to help people heal. Um, you also are able to choose one language of your choice, in addition to the languages you get as human. We'll worry about that later. Okay. Fuck it, it's not important. Uh, you also get uh, equipment, a scroll case stuffed full of notes from your studies or prayers, a winter blanket, a set of common clothes, an herbalism kit, and five GP. So we'll Word. write that down later. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, life of seclusion, think about this when you're thinking about your character. Why did you decide to become a monk? Why did you decide to like join this like insular society? <coughs> uh, and why did you decide to leave? Uh, well, um, now I, I can say here there's a 1d8 chart here yeah. that gives some examples. So I was searching for spiritual enlightenment. I was partaking of communal living in accordance with the dictates of a religious order. I was exiled for a crime I didn't commit. I retreated from society after a life-altering event. I need a quiet place to work my art, literature, music, or manifesto. I needed to commune with nature far from civilization. I was the caretaker of an ancient rune or relic, or I was a pilgrim in search of a person, place, or relic of spiritual significance. Or it can be something else. Oh, could I have been a uh, could I have been a troubled ruffian who my parents sent me there? Kind of like military school. Kind of like that, but they were just like, "We're going to send you to a monastery if you don't straighten up." <laughs> so I, I went to the monastery, and then I straightened up. Right on. Write that down. Um, now, you do have a special feature because of your hermit background. Uh, the quiet seclusion of your extended hermitage gave you access to a unique and powerful discovery. The exact nature of this revelation depends on the nature of your seclusion. It might be a great truth about the cosmos, the deities, the powerful beings of the outer planes, or the forces of nature. It could be a sight that no one else has ever seen. It, you might have discovered a fact that has long been forgotten <coughs> or unearthed some relic of the past that could rewrite history. It might be information that would be damaging to the people who or uh, consigned you to exile, and hence the reason for why you return to society. This is something I'll say work with Walt to determine because he's, of course, doing the campaign. Mm-hmm. And if you guys can come up with something together um, that would you know hook into the adventure he's doing... All the better. Okay. Um, now here, going back to the personality traits, the ideal bond, flaws, so on and so forth. These are some suggested characteristics based on the hermit background. Um, now, some hermits are well suited to a life seclusion, while others chafe against it and long for company. Whether you embrace solitude or long to escape it, the solitary life shapes your attitudes and ideals. A few are even driven slightly mad by their years apart from society. Now, personality traits, some of the ones they suggest. I've been isolated for so long that I barely speak, preferring gestures and the occasional grunt. I am utterly serene, even in the face of disaster. The leader of my community has something wise to say on every topic, and I'm eager to share that wisdom. Like, uh, like little, like, 
Confucius say, uh, Zordon say. <laughs> uh, I feel tremendous empathy for all who suffer. I'm oblivious to etiquette and social expectations. That one. Okay. Uh, it fits in with my lack of charisma. Right on. Uh, going to the other personality traits, I connect everything that happens to me on a grand cosmic plan. I often get lost in my own thoughts and contemplation, becoming oblivious to my surroundings. I'm working on a grand philosophical theory and love sharing my ideals. So you want to go with I'm oblivious to etiquette and social expectations. Right, because at my monastery, the focus was on uh, training one's body to be the perfect physical specimen mm-hmm. of wet, uh, of of everything. Uh, so things like etiquette and manners and food and, you know, proper, proper, yeah. you know, like proper eating habits and socialization were playing second fiddle to, uh, learning to punch wood. Right on. Well, write that down. What was that? I'm oblivious to etiquette and social expectations. To etiquette. Yep. That's going to be fun. All right. Now going back to your ideal. Again, this is what drives you. Now, these are kind of based on your the morality part of your alignment, good, neutral, or evil, um, or even lawful and chaotic as well. Uh, greater good, my gifts are meant to be shared with all, not used for my own benefit. That would be good. Logic, emotions must not cloud our sense of what is right and true or our logical thinking. That's based on lawful. Mm-hmm. Uh, free thinking, inquiry, and curiosity are the pillars of progress. That's chaotic. Power, solitude, and contemplation are passed towards mystical or magical power. That would be evil, like dark side, monk. Mm-hmm. Uh, live and let live. Meddling in the affairs of others only causes trouble. That's more neutral. <coughs> uh, self-knowledge. If you know yourself, there's nothing left to know. That could be anything. Do you have any of those that sound like uh, you might be interested in, or do you want to come up with a combination of your one? own? Uh, self-knowledge. If you know yourself, there's nothing left to know. So again, that could be towards your 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 ideal. What you're focused on is, you know, mastering yourself, becoming one with your body. I don't need. And, I don't need books. You don't need books. I don't need books. You want to go with that one? Yeah. Self knowledge. If you know yourself, there's nothing left to know. Write it down. Your bond. Again, this is the thing that you're connected to. Uh, some examples it gives. Nothing is more important than the other members of my hermitage order or association. Uh, I entered seclusion to hide from the ones who might still be hunting me. I must someday confront them. I'm still seeking the enlightenment I pursued in my seclusion, and it still eludes me. I entered seclusion because I loved someone I could not have. Oh, oh poor baby. I should, should my discovery come to light, it could bring ruin to the world. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Someone's got... Big, uh, <coughs> <anyway. laughs> uh, yeah, someone's full of themselves. Uh, my isolation gave me great insight into a great evil that only I can destroy. I'm gonna go with the the one. What? Wait, what was? It was in the middle. Uh, I'm still seeking the enlightenment That's that I pursued in my seclusion, and it still eludes me. That would be your bond. Yep. All right. Put that down. Now, next we've got your flaw. Again, this is could be a phobia, could be a vice, could be a personality quirk. Uh, now that I've returned to the world, I enjoy its delights a little too much, like partying at the tavern. I like that one. 
I harbored dark, bloodthirsty thoughts that my isolation and meditation failed to quell. I am dogmatic in my thoughts and philosophy. I let my need to win arguments overshadow friendships and harmony. I'd risk too much to uncover a lost bit of knowledge. Or I like keeping secrets and won't share them with anyone. I partake in the uh, the, the, the f- drinking. All right. So now that I've returned to the world, I enjoy its delights a little too much. And what was this called? Uh, this uh, is what? your flaw. I enjoy worldly delights <laughs> too much. So, like, when you you know, now that you're there, you're like like in opium dens and shit like that, just getting fucked up. Now. I, so this is like kind of in conflict with your whole ideal is for self perfection, mm-hmm. but you know, but you, every you take you shit away the, from somebody, yeah. you, you deny someone. They're, all they're going to want to do is that just drink and whore it up, huh? mm-hmm. and then feel bad about it the next day, and work twice as hard in the next day. Okay, there you go. So you've got yourself a you know your personality trait, your ideal, your bond, your flaw, and all these you kind of put together, and this kind of gives you an idea of who your character is. Mm-hmm. So, how are you feeling with your character so far? You got a kind of idea yeah. where he is? Mm-hmm. All right. I wonder, is there a specialization, I'm sure there will be soon, for Drunken Master? There isn't one. Because there used to be. And I think second or third edition, there was rules for to That's play a Drunken badass. Master. Maybe in the DM's guide, man. Because I remember uh, my friend Adam, he played a Drunken Master at one point, And it was <laughs> awesome. Now, um... There, there is always the ability. You, you've got though every four levels or so, you've got that uh, ability score. <coughs> you also, I, I assume Walt is playing with feats as an optional. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of feats that are kind of built into the game. None of them are drunken master, but we could perhaps homebrew that. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, give it time; someone's going to make it. Yeah, <laughs> it might show up in the DM's guide. If not, man, maybe it'll show up in like Dragon Magazine. Is that shit still around? I don't. I think it's like online. I don't know if they still publish it. I think you have to have a subscription to get it. I used to subscribe the shit out of Dragon and Dungeon Magazine. Man, mm-hmm. those were the bomb back in the day. I would love uh, uh, getting Dungeon Magazine and just reading through the adventures, even if I knew that I wouldn't get a chance to be able to play them. Mm-hmm. I just loved like the structure of the adventures and seeing where they could go and seeing the optional pass. It was kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure thing where they, they give you different contingencies in case the players go in a certain direction. But, of course, you never fucking know with players, man. So, we've got yourself a monk, pretty yep. much. I mean, there's still stuff that we'll flush out, you know, and we'll we'll crunch all the numbers and put that down on the character sheet. Um, but uh, how are you feeling about this character? You know what? What's, he, what's his name? That's a very good question. Because I'm trying to figure out, because... In my mind, I'm imagining my, I'm Asian, but this is the world of Dungeons and Dragons. No, you you don't necessarily have to be Asian. You could be like, uh, I mean, you could be any race you want to be, any gender you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be like a kind of like a fucking uh, like black exploitation, like action Jackson, like kung fu monk. You know, like big black dude with an afro. That would be kind of badass. It would be kind of badass, dude. That would be kind of badass. Like uh, that's I, if I roll up a monk later on, I might play like a fucking uh, was it Kareem Abdul? Who who fought like uh, fucking Bruce? <coughs> was it like Wilt Chamberlain or something? I think it was Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, Wilt Chamberlain or was it Kareem Abdul Jabbar? It was really tall. So really tall, dude. 
Yeah. Who knows, but I might go with that in the rough. But you're, you kind of want to... Now, how do you want to pull this Power Angel, Power Ranger angle into it? <coughs> I don't know if I'm gonna. Uh-huh. Simply because... Uh, we might, like, give Wolf an aneurysm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be kind of... Uh, Counterproductive to my achieving physical perfection, I probably should have chosen a uh, uh, well, you lawful do. good kind of role for that. Well, uh, yeah, they're yeah. power agents. Yeah, that's true. And uh, you know, I would have chosen you know one of those to be like the well, world needs writing and so on. You did, you did uh, spend all that time at the juice bar in order to like hone your like hone your body and your health. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably why you've got that bonus to your constitutions because you've been drinking all that healthy. For, who's the guy who was in charge of the uh, the juice oh, bar? The fat guy. I don't remember his name. Oh, was it like Max or something? I think it was something like that. And later, the the police chief took over. Yeah, that's right. The juice bar in later seasons of Why are we talking about Fire Rangers? Um, because you rolled one up, motherfucker. Yep. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like the idea of playing the big Afro black exploitation kung fu master. Dude, you can. I mean, you can be anything you want to be. Well. I'm going to figure that part out later. Maybe as a surprise on the next Dungeons and Dragons Bears. I'll figure out my name and my... (laughs) All that good shit. Right on. Now, um, well, I'll give you a preview of my character that I rolled up here. Um, I came up with a warlock named Mandrake the Awakened. Uh, A warlock is someone who's made a pact with, like, a... Not a, a deity, but some kind of greater being mm-hmm. uh, it could be a, a demon or a devil uh, it could be a some kind of fey natural thing like, uh, like some kind of like nature spirit like yeah. uh, like the great fairies from Legend of Zelda those creepy fucking things yeah. or it could be a great old one and I fucking love as soon as I read that and they said you could worship one of the old gods like Cthulhu or something like that I'm like Oh, fuck yeah. I'm going to be like a Lovecraftian warlock. Yeah, but uh, what's your alignment? Well, my alignment is chaotic good. Oh. Okay. This is the this is the part what I'm how I'm playing the character. My otherworldly patron is Yog Sothoth. Uh-huh. Who uh Yog Sothoth is the the gate. He is the key. He knows the way. Um my character's background is I I am a sage. And that means I my concept is is that I grew up obsessed with learning things, uh, studying. I would go to the library and just read everything I could. Mm-hmm. And then one day I found this book, this uh, grimoire, that had forbidden secrets of the great old ones from the far realm. And that like opened my mind, and I was able to commune with Yog Sothoth. And... Uh, he granted me these warlock powers so I have all this like mystical uh, abilities thanks to my patron. My my monk is going to very obnoxiously constantly ask you questions about this <laughs> and not know when to stop or what is proper and what is not proper to ask you. The great thing is is that the way I have my character conceived is he is essentially going to be a Jehovah's Witness for Yog sothoth <laughs> Uh, I want to go around and every single person, and, and even though I am chaotic good, and this is, I may annoy you people with this, I apologize, but I want him to basically, everyone he meets, I want to tell them all about Yog sahav and tell them about <coughs> how when the stars align, the great old ones will awaken and destroy the world, the world, wipe out all of existence, just 
fucking salt the entire world. And won't it be amazing when that happens? It's going to be great. And I want my character uh, to help <coughs> as many people as possible so that survive. they can be alive when the stars align and be there for the, when the for great the old ones come and wipe out all life. Because my character, when he was touched by Yogg-Sothoth, it broke his fucking brain, and he's crazy as shit. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. So, I'm looking forward to playing that character. Um, I, I may annoy the fuck out of everyone. I apologize in advance. But, uh, yeah, going through, uh, uh, I have, uh, a, uh, I, I've already got the concept. My character is gonna be using a quarter staff with his, uh, focus, like his arcane focus, my spell focus, is going to be built into the staff, and the staff is going to be kind of like gnarled and disjointed geography. It's going to be look like it. You can't tell if it's stone. You can't tell if it's wood. You don't even know what material it is. But it's at these weird, bizarre, unnatural, non-Euclidean angles. Mm. And up at the top, there's going to be basically the spell focus, which is going to be like crystalline eyes, like just a oh, big cool. cloud of crystalline eyes. And anytime anyone looks at it, it doesn't look like they're moving, but when they look at it again, it looks different than it did before. Ah. Yeah, and that sort of thing. And that's how I'm going to be. That's going to be what I'm going to be using to cast my spells and shit like that. Also, as a backup in case someone's like in melee range, I can knock them, you know, <laughs> with the staff. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be Eldrick blasting the shit out of some motherfuckers. But again, my my whole goal is like the way I want to play this character is like anyone that I engage in combat with, I. I I'm going to pull my punch. If I knock them down, I want to say I pull my punch so I knock them out I don't kill them. Ah. And I'm going to try to negotiate. And my charisma is like, as a 16, I've got a plus three to that. I've got proficiencies um, in arcana, in history, in investigation, in religion. Um, I've also have like bonuses to my languages. This is all part of my sage background. I can speak common, elvish, dwarvish, and orc. And, uh, oh, you're going to try to convert orcs? I, anyone I talk to, I'm going to basically say, like, why do we need to fight? We don't need to fight. We all want to be here for when the great old ones come and destroy all of, of humanity. <laughs> Can't we talk this out? <laughs> Resolve this nonviolently? And, of course, when that doesn't work, I'm just going to start spamming the fuck out of Eldrick Blast and blowing the shit out of people. But I, I'm looking forward to playing that character. That should be a lot of fun. Nice. So there's a, a preview <coughs> of that. But uh, I think it's uh, about time. We should probably wrap this up. Yeah, I think I hope this was a good uh, almost tutorial on how to roll up a character. What is involved? It seems mm-hmm. a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more steps to flesh out your character than it used to be in previous editions. And I really like that they're focusing on that. I, I think that's a, a good way to get people into it and to understand. You know, the the fun way, I think, to RPG. Yeah. A lot of people enjoy just, like, the pure combat, you know, like, put shit in front of me to kill. You know, I, I like playing the characters and trying to come up with cool ways to do it. And I love that they've, uh, they've just focused on fleshing out the, the, the your characters' personalities, your characters, giving you tools to roleplay, and giving you motivation to roleplay because of those inspiration dies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm really happy with 5th edition. Um, as you guys heard, we play a little bit of it. The Player's Handbook, uh, you can get it at pretty much any gaming shop for about 50 Or Barnes & Noble. Or Barnes & Noble. If you have access to Amazon, get it from fucking Amazon because it's 20 bucks off. They're about 30 for the Player's Handbook. 
30 for the Monsters Manual coming out very soon. 30 for the DMG uh, guide that's going to, the Dungeon Masters guide that's going to come out. Um, Amazon has the best damn price. I also today got a, uh, I ordered a big ass fucking bag of dice. Nice. Um, Walt got the same package I did. It's from Wiz Dice. Um, for 20 bucks on Amazon, you can get like over 100 dice in a big ass bag. It also comes with a small dice bag. And it's all first. It's not like seconds, like throwaway, like defective ones. And I, out of the the hundred plus, I got like sixteen or seventeen matching sets. Oh, nice! It is random colors. You don't get to pick it, but you get the little dice bag. You get uh, it, it can be you know less or more, but I got a lot of like nice matching sets. I um, gave two full sets to the kiddo along with the little dice bag. He is so fucking thrilled. Nice that he's got his own dice. He's like, I'm bringing that when we play Dungeons and Dragons with Walt and Ben and Steven. And uh, I also I'm going to be playing with uh, the kiddo's mom and uh, her girlfriend Rachel as well. And uh, we've already got characters. Uh, Rachel rolled up a bard uh, that she we've got, and Christina rolled up a elf druid with a pirate background, who's apparently going to be flamboyantly gay. Oh, nice! So a big old gay druid elf pirate. That's going to be entertaining. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, thank you guys for <coughs> listening, man. Um, ben, where can they find you? On this podcast, as well as another podcast called Dispatches from the Weird. Yeah. Also on iTunes or any uh, droid-based podcast catcher. Um, on Instagram at Mudkip5000 and on Twitter at Airport Road. <coughs> also, you can see any short films that we've done. At youtube.com slash airport road. And that's R-O-A-D. Yep, not, not that. Exactly. Yeah. Where are you at? I am Mr. Mixias Pillick, one, two, three, on Twitter, on Xbox Live, on PSN, on Nintendo Network, on practically everything. Uh, that is M-R-M-X-Y-Z-P-T-L-K, one, two, three. Uh, you can also listen to me on Radio Destructoid, our Destructoid community podcast, where we talk about video games and shit. That's about it for me. I think that's about it for me. I think it's about it for us. I'm going to finish rolling up my character, but in the meantime, this one's for you, Morph. <laughs>